Tomorrow is Super Tuesday, and Donald Trump is set perhaps for maybe Texas to trump the other GOP potential nominees. And pretty much would seem after tomorrow to have a clear path to the GOP Republican nomination. And then a path to the White House. I mentioned last hour, I mentioned on TV this morning when I looked at today's poll numbers, that in all 50 United States states, 30 to 50 percent of Republican voters support Donald Trump. They support a man who likes ID programs, wants to close all mosques, wants to ban Muslims from coming to the United States. Said not illegal immigrants, but that Mexicans, Mexico did not send us their best. And he stated that they sent rapists and murderers. He didn't say illegals. Oh, that's what he meant. That was the inference. Donald Trump has spoken about building a wall, having Mexico pay for it. And much like a child, the age of my children, seven and eight, retorted, well, now it's going to be ten times higher because the former Mexican president, Vincente Vincente Fox, used the F for it. I'm not building any F and all. Donald Trump, the week, three weeks before in the New Hampshire, state of New Hampshire, uh, prior to that primary, was at a rally where he dropped the F-bomb. He conveniently forgets that. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump forgets a lot, but so do his supporters. And Donald Trump is stumbling a lot, as we saw in the last debate. There's no way we would be able to have a 20% budget surplus every year to take care of shortfalls that he talks about. There's no way another country is going to pay for that wall. There's no way we can afford that wall. There's no way he can afford to financially or physically deport over 11 million people. He has hijacked the Republican Party and the voters and the party have let him. He has turned political correctness into a dirty phrase and racism into a fashionable mindset in 2016. So he doesn't seem to like the people of color, the brown Latinos, many of the Muslims who happen to be brown. Has a problem with women as well, as we saw from Megyn Kelly, his treatment also of his first and second wives and other women that have worked for him or come along the way. And you need only look at the rallies of Trump supporters to see all those white male heads bumping around. Well, now Donald Trump seems to be in a bit of doo-doo with the African-American community. Or is he? We had a black pastor standing up at one of his rallies after what I'm going to share with you that many of you are aware, aware of, who was talking about how great this man is. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the, the, the Jews that thought if they cozied up to the, you know, the SS members that they wouldn't get killed and thrown in the ovens. And, <clears throat> well, they're, you know, they're dead. Obviously, that didn't work. Donald Trump and David Duke are two names and a name, David Duke, that you should never hear in the same sentence. Now, I interviewed David Duke in person in Buffalo, New York in the early 90s. And the outrage when that man was running for office and then it was shown that he not only was a member of the KKK and that there were pictures of him with white hood in hand, but he was a leader in the KKK. 
Donald Trump has gone back and forth and back and forth. Donald Trump lies. Donald Trump doesn't remember what he said yesterday, and for some reason his supporters don't seem to bloody care. But let's talk to those of you who do. Those of you who are no longer with the Republican Party, those of you who are with but don't want him as your nominee or president, those of you who are independents, undecided, centrist moderates, Democrats who don't like Hillary or Bernie, but those of you who are looking for a leader, is this your man? Think about it. Here is Donald Trump refusing to denounce David Duke or the KKK. David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or that of other white supremacists in this election? Well, just so you understand, I don't know anything about David Duke, okay? I don't know anything about what you're even talking about with uh, white supremacy or white supremacists. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Did, did he endorse me or what's going on? Because, you know, I know nothing about David Duke. I know nothing about white supremacists. And so you're asking me a question that I'm supposed to be talking about people that I know nothing about. But I guess the question from the, from the Anti-Defamation League is, even if you don't know about their endorsement, there are these groups and individuals endorsing you. Would you just say, unequivocally, you condemn them and you don't want their support? Well, I have to look at the group. I mean, I don't know what group you're talking about. You wouldn't want me to condemn a group that I know nothing about. I'd have to look. If you would send me a list of the groups, I will do research on them. And certainly I would disavow if I thought there was something wrong. But you may have groups in there that are totally fine and it would be very unfair. So give me a list of the groups and I'll let you know. Okay. I mean, I'm just talking about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here, but... I don't know. Honestly, I don't know David Duke. I don't believe I've ever met him. I'm pretty sure I didn't meet him. And I just don't know anything about him. All right. Okay, he doesn't know anything about him. Did you ever hear of Google? I mean, this man has millions of dollars, as he likes to tell us all the time. You don't have a campaign staff? Now, Donald Trump also doubles down. He quoted, he tweeted or retweeted a quote that belonged to Mussolini. Now, for those of you that need a quick history lesson, Mussolini allied himself with Hitler. And for the very small Jewish population in Italy, they were shipped out, and almost all of them met their demise. The people of Italy, although they may not have had great love as Catholics for the Jewish people, they certainly did not have love for Hitler or German occupation of Italy. Because the Germanic, barbarian culture and and way of life And Hitler, as a leader, is very different than what the Italian people wanted for themselves. Mussolini, Mussolini, a dictator, as many of you know, was hung out for all in the streets of Italy. And there were people who actually were carrying body parts of his in boxes as souvenirs. Yet Trump, in putting out a tweet, retweet of Mussolini, obviously doesn't know history either. What do you think this does for relations with what do you think this does for the and Mussolini is a fascist like Hitler? Uh, what do you think this does for Jewish people in this country? Because Mussolini ordered the Jews agreed with Hitler. Mussolini was anti-Semitic and agreed with Hitler and allowed the Germans to and and pushed the Italians out of. Rome and Florence. As a matter of fact, when you're in Florence, because I've been to Florence, if you go to the train tracks, there's a plaque at the very last track. I think it's track 14 that's there. It's the same damn train. I mean, the trains may have been approved, the same tracks. 
Same tracks. My goosebumps stood up on my goosebumps and not in a good way when I stood there. A lot of people don't know about that. You're not going to find a lot of, you know, photos or Planet Earth guidebooks. But it's there. Go look. It's there. I have a picture of it. Anyway, Mussolini, and for Trump to to, to not only retweet a Mussolini quote, a fascist, a pro-Hitler dictator, a failure as a leader, a blemish and stain on the history of Italy, an embarrassment and a memory they don't want to remember for the Italian people. And that's Italians not just in, the, in, in Italy, but in the United States. And, and offensive to the Jewish people as well. Trump not only retweets Mussolini's quote, he double downs on it. Listen. Uh, there is a trending retweet of yours. You retweeted somebody from Il Duce 2016. It was a Mussolini quote, but you didn't know it was Mussolini when you retweeted. It said, it is better to live one day as a lion than 100 years as a sheep. That's a famous Mussolini quote. You retweeted it. Do you like the quote? Did you know it was sure. Mussolini? It's okay to know it's Mussolini. Look, Mussolini was Mussolini. It's okay to know. It's a very good quote. It's a very interesting quote. And I know it. I saw it. I saw what, and I know who said it. Uh, but what difference does it make, whether it's Mussolini or somebody else? It's a, certainly a very interesting quote. Well, that's probably why I have is a between known Facebook and Twitter, 14 million people Do you and other be people associ- don't. You it's be a associated? very interesting quote and people can talk about it. You want to be associated with a fascist? No, I want to be associated with interesting quotes. And people, you know, I have almost 14 million people between Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all of that. And we do interesting things. And I sent (laughs) it out and certainly, uh, hey, it got your attention, didn't it? Okay, this is what gets my attention. Donald Trump isn't dumbing down the American people. You who support him are being dummies yourselves. Donald Trump now trying to, uh, you know, uh, clean up his racially charged controversy today he refused to disavow former kkk grand wizard david duke over the weekend and when asked about his comments on cnn state of the union what did he do he blamed a bad earpiece i quote i was sitting in a house in florida with a bad earpiece i could hardly hear what he's saying i hear various groups i don't mind disavowing anyone i disavowed duke the day before at a major conference exactly which is like oh i'm pro i'm pro-choice i'm pro-life i'm pro-choice i'm a christian I'm, I'm a, t- a Tea Party member. Oh, my God. What was that song? We got to look it up, right? You know, remember that song? It went something like, you know, um, I'm a mother. I'm a lover. I'm a bitch. Do you remember that one? Ser- seriously. I, okay. You know what song we're talking about? Okay. That's Donald, that's Donald Trump's theme song. Should be Donald Trump's theme song. Okay. Now, in the hours that followed the original comments, the real estate mogul used Twitter to explain his remarks amid an outpouring of criticism. And the criticism came from people like Senator Marco Rubio, but there were other people out there. Rubio said he was unelectable. The uproar started when he was asked by Tapper whether he would disavow Duke and other white supremacist groups that are supporting his campaign. And you heard what he said, right? That he didn't know David Duke. He didn't know anything about David Duke. He hadn't met David Duke. His answers remind me of my seven and eight-year-old when I'm standing there in the kitchen and their hands caught in the cookie jar. Are you trying to have a a sweet before dinner? Are you trying to steal a cookie? No. And their hands in the jar. I don't believe them. Why do you believe this child with his hand caught in the cookie jar? Time and time again. I know that my fellow Americans, and I know that you and the Republican Party aren't this stupid, naive, ignorant, gullible, twisted. 
I know in my heart of hearts. Or maybe I'm wrong. Trump blamed a bad earpiece as an excuse for why he did not renounce David Duke. Yet he clearly heard the question because he said, quote, I just don't know anything about him, referring to Duke, so he heard who he was being asked. He didn't say, I can't hear you. Can you repeat it? I got a bad earpiece here. Come on. This guy says out what he means. Uh, if, in the moment. In the moment. <laughs> you know, but this is a guy, if he has a bad earpiece, he's going to fire somebody, right? Is Trump just afraid of losing the support of racist voters if he disavows white supremacy groups? Think what he doing here he wants the kkk to support him but the gop needs him not to do this because the gop is already hurting with minority voters this only makes it worse and why not at least disavow the kkk when given the opportunity by jake tapper as he was what's your take on trump doubling down on retweeting a mussolini quote What's your take on the bad earpiece? And what's your take on Donald Trump not disavowing David Duke? And more so, folks, not disavowing a bunch of cowardly men who hide under a pointed sheet with cutouts for eyes like children would wear as Casper the Ghost for Halloween. 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number of organization which lynched people from trees in their own form of racist vigilante justice, a group which burnt crosses on front lawns, a group which raped and killed children, men and women, while wearing those lovely hoods. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And also, what has the media's role been in Trump's rise to the front of the GOP? Will they ever stop covering him like a celebrity and, and instead like a presidential candidate? Like all the other candidates are covered, for example, 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Has Trump mastered how to be as vague as possible with his answers so those, quote, low information voters? And let me translate, less or poorly educated that he claims to love, just nod their heads and keep supporting him. Here's an example. Trump on his health care plan. We have to get rid of the lines around the states. Huh? If we didn't have lines around the states, there wouldn't be states. <laughs> and then that would be more of a democracy because it would be majority rule. <laughs> there would be no state intervention. That would be big and federal. Oh, my God. The, the, the libertarians would kill themselves. And, and, and what the heck would happen? If you had no lines, Mr. Trump, Obamacare would be the law of the land. You wouldn't be able to have people opt out. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. And can you give a substantial answer to describe any of Trump's policies and how they would work? I'm listening. I will be open-minded for a few seconds. How would they work? One, immigration. Build a wall, let Mexico pay for it, deport over 11 million people. How? Foreign policy, social issues. Maybe you can help me. He certainly can. 8886-LESLIE, back after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 8886-LESLIE.
We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio of Foreign by You the People. Let's get to the calls. We were talking about Donald Trump, his uh, relationship or lack thereof with David Duke, not disavowing him or the KKK. And doubling down, I'm retweeting a quote from Mussolini. Let's start it out with Michael in the Bronx Line 1. Michael, good afternoon. Happy Monday. I know you're an African-American. Uh, first off, if you could comment on uh, Donald Trump's not disavowing David Duke or more so the KKK. Uh, I'll start to comment by asking you a question, Leslie, and that is, why did you have to associate the KKK with Casper the Ghost? I mean, yeah, Casper <laughs> is a character, but... Everybody knows the story that Casper was a friendly ghost. Okay, 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 love. okay, Michael. Let's get to the meat of the, the, the story. I, listen, now, see, I had a reason for that. Michael, hold on. we got to take a break. When we come back, the comedic relief behind us will put the political chat ahead of us. Don't go away. Hang on, Michael. We will come back to you. Everyone else holding, please do. Keep in mind when we finish with the call, your cue to call through. And if you want to join us, join us now. 888-6-LESLIE talking Donald Trump, David Duke, KKK, and Mussolini. Hmm. Sounds like a cocktail. We'll be back. Bit of everything. I'll roll into one. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. Actually, we should have Donald Trump sing that. He's every not every woman. Oh, let's get back to the calls. We're talking Donald Trump, David Duke, the KKK, and Mussolini. And the fact that I can say those in the same sentence should make you, if you are a supporter of Donald Trump, rethink your choice. Let's go back to Michael in the Bronx. Michael, line one, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Thanks, Leslie. And sorry about that. I tried to throw that part out. But um, going back to Trump, now, he's how old? 70 years old, if I'm not mistaken? He says... Not only does, has he not heard of David Duke or doesn't know about David Duke, he also said he doesn't know about this group in KKK. Now, he's, 60, he's 69 years old. He said he doesn't know about David Duke, but he disavowed David Duke before this interview, then didn't disavow him, then says he has a bad earpiece. I, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but, it, you know, it, does he have a problem and, remembering something he said a few weeks ago? Obviously. And I am like, let's cut the BS already, because don't not tell me that you do not know about David Duke. All right, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to, uh, No, 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 let me explain back. something. It is quite possible that That's Donald Trump doesn't know about David Duke, because Donald Trump doesn't seem to know about history. Donald Trump doesn't seem to know about politics, which is one of the reasons he shouldn't be running for president. But, but Leslie, here's my point, and I'm taking a step back. I can understand maybe he may not know about David Duke, but I'm like, come on. 10, 15, even 20-year-olds know about the freaking KKK. So I'm like, don't even try it, Trump. You're going to say you don't know about the group? Come on. And then the, and then the way he carries himself, you know, he's quite befitting for that group. All the hate-mongering going on towards Mexicans, towards people of color, um, towards Latinos, towards women. The guy has no respect for anybody, not even for himself. And he wants to be president. He is lethal, I'm telling you. All right. Thank you, Michael. I do believe he's lethal. I agree with you there. Uh, let's continue with the calls, and we go next to Brian in New Mexico, line two. Brian, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. You there? Hey. Yes, I am, Brian. How are you? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Listen, I, I think I've come to the conclusion that Donald Trump is a liar. But, uh, you know, I don't want to throw out an accusation or end up in a lawsuit or anything. <laughs> I, I find that uh, this is such a blatant wink and a nod to all of the uh, radical Christian terrorist groups out there that uh, he's got their back. Um, I mean, come on. How does anybody not know anything about white supremacist groups? I mean, really. I mean, then, like you were just saying. If Look, my bro- my youngest bro- my youngest brother's a surfer dude in, in Hawaii. He's an engineer, but he knows nothing about politics. I'm not sure he could tell you who the vice president is, and even he knows who David Duke is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's not only David Duke specifically, but he doesn't know anything about white supremacist groups. Listen, I I'm not. I don't even trust that Donald Trump actually wants to be president as much as he wants people to want him to be president. I, I don't think he's really, I don't think he's up for the job. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he made some claim and oh, I don't want it. Uh, I'm going to, you know, blame it on some other thing. But uh, I have absolute confidence that the 30%, whatever the support he has now is maxed out. Uh, I can't. I don't know. I, you know, I thought that too. But today, it's been growing in some states. It's up to fifty percent from thirty in some states, from ten uh, percent up thirty. I mean, this guy overall has forty-nine percent uh, on a national level. Party. Marco Rubio has sixteen, and Ted Cruz fourteen. This guy, th- there's no way he's not getting the nomination. But within the re- oh, he'll get the nomination. But, you know, I, I don't care who the Democrats put up against them. I can't believe that this nation that has come as far as it has could take that big of a step backwards. I really, I really don't believe that, Leslie. And, and, uh, well, but listen, is this then the reaction to people who are like, oh, my God, we've had two terms of a black man as president? Is this the ugly side of America that stayed home or voted and lost, and they're angry, and they want revenge. Well, they may be angry, but I don't think there are enough of them because you make a good point. We are looking toward the end of a second term of a black president. And I just, I have to believe, I have to believe that this country has come further than that. Otherwise, I just have to leave. And, and also that a, a, a socialist Jew is doing so well, right? And a woman. I, I mean, you know, let, let's. I, I'm with you. In one respect, when you look at the United States, it's like, oh, my God, look at the progress. African-American president, the two Democrats, one's a female, one's a socialist Jewish man. And then you have well, on the right Donald Trump. Well, Bernie Sanders has more in common with both Teddy and Franklin Roosevelt than anyone else standing up there. Um, well, I, I wouldn't say that about I wouldn't say FDR all, all this talk of internment camps going on right now. Well, the well, that's true. But those were, you know, that's again where our country has moved forward. Um, you know, it's it's hard to judge people in today's standards. You know, a hundred years ago or sixty years ago, or um, but but I do believe. Um, 
what I meant by that was as a democratic socialist, I would classify Franklin Roosevelt as a democratic socialist. But for Bernie, and I happen to, you know, I'll support whoever the democratic candidate is. As will I. But I like Bernie Sanders. Uh, I do think in order for him to, to bring things forward, he really has to energize the public to, to get behind him. And he has to have long coattails. And he very well may. Um, I think that the anger that people um, out there have would be better directed toward a Bernie Sanders as an outlier than certainly a Donald Trump. But I honestly, I swear to God, Leslie, even if Donald Trump were to be elected, I think he'd stand down because he just doesn't want to do the work. Well, I'm with you there. I mean, he does work hard in the sense of, you know, I mean, I think he wants to continue reality shows and the the Trump empire. And you really, I mean, being president's more than a full-time job, and he, he's got to know that, or maybe he could Google it. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. We could give him a list of things to Google. Uh, thank you for the call, Brian. Hope to hear from you again. Let's go to Cindy in Eureka, California. Cindy is on line three. Hi, Cindy. Good afternoon. Hello, Leslie. This is my first time ever calling the talk show, so I'll be brief because I'm a little nervous. Oh, don't uh, be nervous. What... You sound very strong, and I'm very impressed that you called me for the first time. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I always been to Stephanie Miller, but um, I wanted to say the whole thing about Donald Trump, I think he just wants to win. That's it. He just wants to win the highest job, you know, in the land, and that's what I think. I think he's a racist. I cannot. He, the man has no class. And I cannot believe the followers. And I think uh, the one your previous caller was correct. Two terms of a black president has put has brought the racism up to the front of, of people, you know. And it's just it's kind of scary out here. But I have faith. I have faith that he will not be our president. So that's all I want to say. <laughs> okay. So you, you you kind of agree with our last caller, Brian, who said. He doesn't want the job. He just wants the attention, and he just wants to win. I agree with you there. He likes yes. winning. Yeah, I think yes. it, gets, it gets him off more than uh, many others. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for the call, and thank you for the compliment. Certainly calling uh, our show first uh, in the talk show you've ever called is very, very uh, complimentary. Thank you very much. Uh, Cindy, uh, let's go next to Herb in New Mexico, who's on line four. Herb, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Leslie. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I, I first of all, I just like to declare myself: I am an absolute Bernie Sanders supporter, and uh, I think he is the best candidate for this country to go forward. Uh, however, I'm really calling about candidates who provide misinformation, lies, who dissemble, and uh, I do not tolerate those kinds of statements easily. And in, the, in, the con- and in that context, I would like to bring to your attention that your commentary about Donald Trump and the lines was off base. He was, not off base? he was not referring to the lines that are drawn uh, legally. He was referring to the line that prohibits cross-state health care insurance companies from doing business in another state. 
Well, if you thought that was off base, then let's talk about something on base. Would you say okay. it's true that Donald Trump, when he says, I'm going to build a wall, make Mexico pay for it, and then, like an angry child kicking their feet in an aisle at Target when they don't get their way mm-hmm. in the toy section, says, I'm going to make it 10 feet higher, knows that he's full of, as the vice president would say, malarkey. Oh, yeah. As I said, I don't tolerate misinformation and uh, dissembling easily. But when a person does present a fact, I think that should be acknowledged and not ridiculed. Yeah, he's not. But, and again, he's not going to be able to get rid of those lines. If you want to take everything oh, in context, that's, that's another that's another matter. If we, if we, those lines would be gotten rid of with uh, single payer. I understand, but Donald Trump's certainly not going to propose and put forth that. And even Marco Rubio pressed him and asked, how would he get rid of those lines? He did not have an answer. He left, that's when he says, that's when he repeats himself and says, we're going to get rid of those. Don't you worry. We're going to get rid of those lines. Don't you worry. And then they get into things like Mar- Marco, Rubio, Marco Rubio talking about Donald Trump's hand size and Donald Trump being just as if not more juvenile. Oh, yeah, they're very juvenile, and Trump, uh, I'd be hard-pressed to identify a single policy fact that he's presented. And, you know, I I take him not with a grain of salt, but perhaps a grain more toxic. Now, do you, th- do you agree with our earlier callers who have said tomorrow Donald Trump most likely, and if not very shortly, will become the Republican nominee? First part of the question. Second part of the question Will he be our president? Um, I think there's a good chance that he will. He will get enough electoral votes. Uh, not electoral votes. He'll, he will get enough of the uh, Republican uh, uh, delegate votes. I think there's an excellent chance that he could do that. I think that the Republican Party in that convention will have a hard time accepting him, but they may have little choice. I grant. And so I, I, I agree with you there when you say they have little choice. So you think like a domino effect, one by one, those, even if they hate him, they're begrudgingly going to support him and fall in line. Yeah, they may very well be. Yeah, they may. Because, as I said, they'd be very hard-pressed to come up with another candidate, and Romney's not going to do it. All right. Now, we've had some people today that say he won't be elected, not in a country that just elected uh, an African-American for two terms, and you got a woman and a socialist Jewish man running on the left. So, one, do you agree with that? And, two, some people say whether elected or not, he doesn't want the job. He's not going to follow through with this charade. Uh, well, let me respond to the first question. Uh, I, in my view, the only Democratic candidate at this point who could possibly beat Trump, if he is the nominee, is Bernie Sanders. I think Hillary Clinton is very vulnerable, extremely vulnerable to the kinds of attacks that uh, Trump will present to her, and she'll have difficulty answering it because she has her problems. She has some baggage. Which and you don't, you don't think Bernie has any baggage? I think anybody has baggage in their life, especially well, every, at that age. Everybody has baggage. I grant Bernie has baggage, but I think he has less baggage by far. Than Hillary, or at least and, less baggage we know about right now, maybe. Well, he's been pretty well vetted by now, I would think. I mean, okay, let, let, let's be specific. Yeah, well, let, yeah, let, let's put it this way, though. Don't you think any baggage that Hillary has, for example, everybody already knows? 
You don't? No, I don't. I think there's, there may be more to come. Plus the baggage that she does have. I mean, her judgment. I mean, the Times today, in their long article, the second of the series on her role in Libya, significant issues about her judgment. And I'd like to see Bernie press more on judgment issues. I'd like to see Bernie. What about, uh, people, to, what, what about people who want to bring up uh, Bernie's judgment when it, it comes to legislation that he voted in favor of that actually benefited gun manufacturers in the past? Just as one example. For, yeah, I mean, if you're going to. Well, consider- that's one of maybe two examples on his votes that he, where he may be vulnerable. He does have an explanation. You can accept it or not. It's a reasonable explanation from his point of view that there was more good in the bill than bad. Right. That, and what, about, that, and what do you what do you think about and what do you think about Hillary's explanation about uh, Libya and her role? Uh, I think she's a warmonger. I think there isn't a war that she doesn't like, and if there isn't a war, she will create one. Um, her role in 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 pushing the president. And uh, lobbying the president to go into Libya, I think, shows bad judgment. The president accepting that, you know, as he said in the, uh, he was quoted in the Times article today, is it was a 51-49 vote, uh, you know, decision for him. So it was a Hillary that had pushed him over because he had a lot of advisors who were, were saying, you know, you've got to consider what comes after. And uh, and the whole Libya thing was a disaster because it was represented as a humanitarian effort, not a military uh, uh, regime change effort, which it turned out to be. And, and, and you don't hold, for example, Ambassador Stevens, if you read everything about his writings, that he actually was urging much of what the Secretary of State then, Clinton, was urging the president to do. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with his writings. I really am not. One of the things about Ambassador Stevens that I like is that he had a heart for that nation because he had come up. He was not a political appointee. He did not raise a lot of money for a candidate or write any checks. You know, he went in pretty much out of college to foreign service, starting at the bottom, as most foreign service workers do, and uh, busted his butt to get to the top, uh, knew that area, spoke the language, knew the culture, knew the people. It was it was his desire to expand the United States presence in Libya um, and not just, uh, you know, from Tripoli to Benghazi, but further out uh, into Libya. Obviously, uh, the ambassador could not have known. Uh, Hillary Clinton could not have known, Barack Obama couldn't have known, um, nor even could the people of Libya have had known how stable or unstable a situation is. I mean, we've had embassies in Pakistan that haven't been attacked in decades, and then all of a sudden, boom, literally, boom, you know, we'll have a, a, you know, a bomb go off or a bomb threat. Um, no, I wish we were clairvoyant with regard to terrorism anywhere in the world, and the death of anyone, an ambassador or an embassy worker, or any human being, not just American, at the hands of terrorism is uh, just just awful. Awful. We'll be back. And we're 
we're back. Let's continue with the calls here on the only true democracy in talk radio. And uh, let's go next to Daniel in Kansas City, Missouri. He's on line two. Uh, Daniel, Daniel, um, uh, what do you think of Trump? I know you have some very strong opinions of uh, uh, Trump and specifically when he was on with Jake Tapper. Uh, Tell us what you think. Well, as I was watching the interview, I had seen earlier where he disavowed the David Duke thing, and I just thought in the interview he looked like he was either drunk high or really exhausted and just went into that mode and seemed very confused about it. Okay, drunk high or exhausted. And some people would say you're making excuses, excuses, excuses for the guy. Oh, I'm not a fan of him at all. I would never think I would give him the benefit of the doubt. But on that particular case, I just don't think he really connected on what they were talking about. Yeah, uh, you know what? But this, there's three different times he's been asked about David Duke, okay? One time he said he disavowed him. The right. second time he said he didn't know him. The third time he said he didn't hear. Well, and I think that the didn't hear part was a lie. I think the second time when he said he didn't know him, I don't think he knew what they were, who they were talking about. Then how could he disavow him prior to that? Well, I think he knew who it was prior to that. I think at that time, he, again, he was impaired in some way. It may just be the exhaustion of the campaign. I think he was really confused and wasn't just... You, re- you, re- you really, really do. Okay. So I, because he was really confused, what would have been the best way for Trump to handle it or did he handle it the best way because it seems like anything he says his supporters go yeah (laughs) i I don't think he can handle it badly because they're kind of crazy and even if he hadn't disavowed it it wouldn't change his supporters minds at all All right thank you and breaking news a trump security member has attacked a journalist at a rally in virginia we can't make this stuff up we'll be back tomorrow have a great afternoon thank you to mark and andrew and all of you